Welcome. I am a small, fuzzy, middle-aged woman, unexpectedly named Turl Kronberg. And in the very front of my brain, I have an exceptional little bit that I call the wise turtle. She is the most thoughtful, observant, and compassionate part of me. And this podcast is her platform for speaking to the world. Her aim is to try to understand the patterns of growth in the universe and use those discoveries to help us all uncover the most important, inspiring story of who we are and where we want to go as Earthlings. I hope that you enjoy her musings. Namaste. is a little different today, I think. This podcast is is kind of a science fiction today, except that I'm doing it in a non-science fiction sort of way. The way my brain works, which is that I envision potential futures. Um, I don't I don't try to put my current uh, my current way of thinking into the future. I just try to envision a future where anyone could be, not a specific relationship or storyline, but any relationship or storyline. Uh, so it's it's a very big picture thinking kind of science fiction. Um, but I'm going to tell it in a way that both you and I can relate to it. So imagine you're walking down the street. Um, I happen to be living in a city right now in a very urban area in Cambridge, Massachusetts, right near MIT, uh, near a place called Central Square and Kendall Square and Harvard Square. And all of these interesting places where um, you can bump into people, where you can see a whole lot of different things going on. And that's why I love it here. Um, this is a place where I've lived much of my life, this area in general, the Boston area. And I love it because there are so many potential different interactions. There's so much diversity of experiences and that sort of thing helps you, um, it helps you learn about the world in a, in a more robust way, because the more different, um, the more different approaches to life that you see, the better you can pick one of them when you have a problem that you need to solve. So for example, if you, you're walking down the street and you bump into someone you went to high school with 
and then you get to talk to them about what they're doing these days and then they they give you some different perspective on life than you had that you were both in the same place together at some point in time in the past and then you split up and you went your separate ways and then you can come back together and you can sort of confer about what the different paths looked like and that gives you a more unified multi-dimensional understanding of reality so you can understand the perspective of someone who was very like you in the past and then was different from you and now you're alike again in some way in that you're in the same space at the same time together again and that's sort of the best way to approach life is this this way of, of separating and then bringing things back together and having this this flow of a sort of chaos where everything is kind of going its own direction but you get brought back together so it's it's not this this complete segregation but there is some segregation this natural flow of things away from one another into sort of unique experiences you know that work best for those individuals um, I mean you didn't want to become you didn't want to follow the same path that they wanted to follow and they didn't want to follow the path that you followed necessarily I mean maybe maybe you did but in general you don't want to follow the same path as someone else and you still are connected there's a there's a connection there that brings you back together so that the world as a whole gets to be more robust but also stays connected and so in this future I see more of this now one of the problems with current civilization current designs of society is that we tend to artificially try to control where things get segregated and where they get brought back together again. We artificially put housing here and businesses over here and schools over there and kids go into one room and adults go into another room and uh, cars go in one part of the road and pedestrians go in another part of the road and everything it gets this sort of artificially segregated and told where it belongs by some unseen them um, you know whether it's uh, architects or traffic engineers or planning boards um, or teachers or whatever employers somebody somewhere is deciding where everyone else is allowed to go is supposed to go and if you if you sort of cross over into a different area uh, you're doing the wrong thing in the wrong place um, you, you could be arrested or shot or just generally looked down upon um, or run over or whatever and so this creates this this artificial tension 
where we don't feel free. We're very repressed. And we don't even know it because, you know, this is the way it normally is. You know, the road is over there and the middle of the road is for the cars and the edge of the road is for the pedestrians, maybe, maybe bicyclists, you know, fit in the middle somewhere in there. And, and, uh, and the trees go over there in the park, but the, you know, the industrial buildings go over here away from the trees and the, and the, you know, I don't know what else <laughs> the school the kids you know are way over there far away from the trees and the industrial area and the roads they're not in the roads don't put the kids in the roads because you know they'll get rid over by the cars so we have this this very sort of this automatic tension as soon as we leave whatever place we naturally are in and we try to get to some other place and we try to figure out where we fit in physically, literally, where we fit into this space in our society, in our culture, um, you know, the physical space. And so there's a tension, you know, am I okay here? Is this a safe place to be? Should I be over there? Do I have to? And um, I was watching this TED talk uh, by a traffic engineer and he was saying that how he'd redesigned all of these open spaces uh, to be to give refuge to the pedestrians because the pedestrians you know there, there were these large wide open spaces these boulevards that were mostly for cars and then the pedestrians were afraid to be there and so he said he designed all these refuges. So there were parked cars and there were trees and there were like, you know, all kinds of structures and things to like protect the pedestrians so that they felt safe. Um, but I think that's exactly exacerbating the problem that as soon as the pedestrians get away from their quote refuges, um, they feel scared again. And so there's this, this constant state of fear of, am I, am I in the right place? Um, is something going to, you know, if I go around the corner, am I going to have a place to be? Uh, when I need to cross the street, there are all these cars in the middle of the street, but I don't belong in the middle of the street. Pedestrians aren't supposed to be in the middle of the street. How do I get over there? And it's, so there's this incredible tension that's just constant. And the same is true on on all kinds of scales again from um, you know whether we're talking about housing or education you know the schools have segregated spaces for every age group and businesses have segregated spaces for each kind of job that you're doing and everywhere there's this segregation where you physically are supposed to be in a certain space and if you go into a different space and do what you're doing then then there's this incredible danger that's completely artificially made i mean there's absolutely no reason why you know a human being of a certain age doing a certain thing uh doing a certain job or whatever you know, reciting poetry versus uh, fixing a bicycle versus um, doing jumping jacks versus uh, sewing, you know, any of these things, there's no reason why they have to be in any particular location on the planet. 
naturally. It's just the laws of physics. I mean, as long as they can physically do what they're doing, there's no reason why they can't do it anywhere. Yet we've organized our planet in such a way that you can't. In order to sow, you have to go into a certain place to sow. In order to recite poetry, you have to go into a certain different place. In order to, you know, be a 12-year-old, you have to be over there. So that's the, that's the present. But imagine, imagine a future where we naturally find the places that we want to do things on our own. We naturally decide that where the best light is, is where we do our painting. We naturally find that where we have the most, uh, let's say, electricity um, is where we do our computing and our, uh, like, I don't know, woodshop type work, something with, you know, power tools that uses a lot of electricity. And naturally where you're a 12 year old who wants to climb a tree or build a tree fort or gather some friends and have a discussion that may be the best place is in the forest where the trees are not sitting in a classroom staring at bulletin board or not a bulletin board whatever you call those whiteboard whatever they have blackboard whiteboard tv screen monitors something whatever they have in classrooms these days so imagine the future where you're walking down the street and you don't know what's going to happen in front of you you don't know what's going to be in the storefront in the store if you walk in the door because at any given day somebody could be doing something different now obviously there are spaces that we want to design that are for more long-term things i mean you want to put your woodshop tools in a certain space you don't want to have to be wandering around with them all the time although you could put them in a mobile vehicle you know in like a like a truck or a van or something uh, i saw Someone recently had a uh, glass blowing truck. Uh, I actually think it was, there was like a trailer probably. Um, that was being trailed on the back of a truck or something. But anyway, it was, it was a mobile glass blowing vehicle. So they could, they could travel around the country doing glass blowing wherever they wanted. It was a, it was a, uh, um, whatever you call it. It was the thing that, that the furnace, it was a furnace to heat the glass and then there were like tables and tools and all of the other stuff in the, in the truck or the trailer or whatever it is. Um, so they could just go outside or go into a large uh, sort of warehousey space if they could drive in there um, and do glass blowing wherever they wanted. So, you know, obviously it's more likely that we're going to have that in a built facility, but there's no reason why we have to. Um, so, a much more we would have a, in a future a much more uh, resilient open-ended spaces where anyone and everyone would be welcome to use them 
So instead of having all of these private spaces, all of these, okay, you have a store where the only thing you can do in the store is to buy the things that are in the store or to help work there and stock the things. Or a library. The only thing you can do in the library is, you know, look at books and borrow books and maybe use some computers and some fancier libraries are getting a little fancy and putting in some other machines like 3D printers and even um, studio recording spaces for doing podcasts and videos, that kind of thing. So the more modern libraries are actually sort of understanding this, that we want uh, more flexibility in our spaces. But, but even now, the only people who are allowed to decide what goes in there are the employees or maybe if you get on or you know like a board of directors kind of thing maybe but you know maybe if you uh if you're a, a patron who really feels enthusiastic about something you could propose it and they might okay it and that's sort of the most open-ended spaces you know we have on the planet you know we have parks where generally you can do a lot of different things it's pretty open-ended but there are plenty of parks there that you know there's like a big list of don't do this don't do that don't do that no being here after 9 p.m no you know no barbecues no playing you know cricket no whatever you know so they're just we're just so restricted right now that in the future a more evolved society will have far more open-ended spaces and far more naturally occurring spaces where we just we just decide what we need to do there and nobody tells us no you can't recite poetry uh you know in this space because this is our space that you can't recite poetry it is it has to be quiet here um this will also help us with housing problems because currently we have well we have limited housing we know this there's a homelessness problem hello hi um and it's a totally artificially created problem that there are plenty of spaces where humans can live and other species like you know plants and other animals could live and live well and do a lot of good things there if only they were open to be used for that purpose uh, and there's no reason why they couldn't be I mean any building is perfectly reasonable for sitting in any building is perfectly reasonable for sleeping in as long as you have something comfy to sleep on there's no reason why a certain kind of building can't be slept in so in the future, we're going to have these spaces where you never know what's going to happen. They're going to be open, not necessarily to the public completely, obviously, because we do want to have places of our own sort of home spaces, uh, personal, um, you know, intimate spaces where we keep our stuff and our things uh, and our more intimate moments. But they, but the, the the places that we are allowed to use for those purposes will be more open-ended. So once we have, if we have moved into a space as a personal space, as a living 
home space. Um, you know, it's not going to be open to the public at that point. But up until that point, it it's open for any purpose. And then we can just move in and have it. Um, and of course, this is a very free-flowing thing like nature does. And we're so scared of this natural way of life. We're so scared of, of nature's chaos and unpredictability that we actually repress our own humanity. Because humans are natural. Humans are unpredictable. Humans are diverse and weird, just like everything else is in the world. And that's okay. That's good. That's how evolution makes it. To be this very open-ended, sort of chaotic, natural, flowing, fluid, changing, evolving space. So when we allow ourselves to have that, even in the built-up environment that's very man-made, obviously, we have... Um, I mean, the building that I'm sitting in right now is a house. I mean, it looks like what we normally think. Of. I mean, it's not a little house. It's an apartment building in a, in a city, but it's a, it's a housing apartment building. You look at it and you just know that that's where people live. But there's no reason for it. Once we free ourselves up from this idea that that space has to be used for a certain thing, we'll start seeing things in much more useful ways. Uh, so when you walk down the street, and this obviously happens, will be able to happen in, in uh, more rural areas as well, although that in more rural areas we're better at it, um, simply because we were more natural when we started living in these, you know, when we first lived in places, it was rural for the most part. And so we kind of know how to do that already. We naturally know that you know, you just build structures and you do whatever you need to do in them. And so eventually we still evolved things that looked a little different, like a barn looks a little different than a house, but it doesn't look that much different. Um, there's just a bigger door usually on a barn and there are fewer windows maybe because you're trying to, I don't know actually why they didn't put so many windows in the barn. I guess they didn't need them, although you'd want more light in your barn, I guess. Not really sure, but, um, you know, they generally looked the same. And you just did different things in them. And if you really wanted to, you could live in the barn. And if you really wanted to bring your, you know, your ducks in the house, you could bring your ducks in the house, you know, 100 years ago or whatever. It was, it was much more natural to do something like that. And we've evolved away from that when we moved into cities and started, you know, specializing everything. And uh, that's great that we learn to specialize the buildings, but there's no reason why we have to. There's no reason why we can't use buildings for multi-purposes. Uh, we've sort of gone too far in the segregation area. <laughs> Specialization's great, but you know, we want different kinds of buildings. That's fantastic. We want to have a variety of different kinds of structures and and designed spaces, you know, designed roads and bridges and, and uh, parks and all of these different kinds of spaces. That's fantastic to have the diversity, but then you need to allow the natural world to sort of take those spaces back over and use them in creative ways. So in the future, when you walk down the street, you're going to see this diversity 
you're going to not know what to expect at any given day when you walk by a storefront. You know, there won't be the same thing there every day. I mean, obviously some of the more lasting structures will be there, but you know, uh, the other day I walked, I walked down the street and I was walking by a, a storefront and there were some young people, preteens, teens, probably, um, dancing. It was like a ballet class or something. It was like a modern ballet dance. Um, not, not like traditional ballet. Um, but they were just inside the storefront dancing. Um, and now I'm, I'm aware at this point that it is actually a dance studio. But the fact is that it is now a dance studio. It used to be something else. And it changed. And tomorrow you could see in the future, envision this future, where instead of just that being a dance studio, that's where you dance. It's just a big open space with a lot of light and some mirrors. Um, what if the next day you see uh, people people building costumes there to make uh, for parade, and then you know a week later you see people install a um, like a, an, an art installation that you can walk into and walk through um, and feel like you're in a jungle, let's say, or feel like you're on another planet. Um, and then the and then a week after that, you know, maybe a totally new thing moves in, and there uh, and there are old typewriters, and people can play with the typewriters and maybe take some of them home. Maybe they're you know some of them are available. Uh, some of them maybe it's like a museum but you know some of them are are extras that the museum doesn't want and so it's a traveling exhibit and some of them are available for for people to take uh, and you know and so as you're walking down the street you see all of these different options um, and that you're totally unexpected because there are you know millions of humans in the area uh, it's obviously is more of an urban thing but there are millions of different humans who want to do different things and they all have different passions and they all have different things they want to learn about that they want to teach that they want to explore and create and gather together and sort of work on as a collaboration sometimes and sometimes people want to do things independently where they um you know they're sharing something that that maybe they've gone somewhere else and they've learned something and they want to bring back their experiences and share a story and share some you know materials that they've collected and so all of the different individuals have something that they want to to do in their relationship with the rest of the world and as long as that's something that's semi-public or semi-private you know not completely private um, you know there needs to be a space for them to do that and when we limit all of these spaces okay these people are here for a year and nobody else can be in here and this space is only going to be used for this even though almost most of the time no one's here um, there's a library up in Maine that I used to 
well, I wanted to volunteer for, well, I was a volunteer for, for a while. Um, and then they didn't want me to be a volunteer there anymore. And, uh, and they almost closed it because no one was ever there. And that's ridiculous because there was this, it was this beautiful space. It was this wonderful space. And there was, there was a, you know, area for a garden outside. There was a, a sort of open space that was used as parking or whatever. Um, and it was just unused, partly because it was in a, a part of town that there weren't a lot of people who lived in. Well, humans were in the other part of the town. Um, but also just because of politics and stuff, and they didn't want to open it other parts of the time or whatever. They didn't want to open it for certain kinds of activities or whatever. And uh, so it's just a huge waste. They built this building. They put all of this time and effort and money into building this building and putting this space in here. And then no one used it. Like 90% of the time, there was no one there or maybe one person there. So in the future, we're going to have these more open-ended spaces in the world. We're going to stop... We're going to stop artificially forcing things into certain areas and saying, no, you can't do this here. You can only do this. So it's going to be more like when we design video games. So think about a video game when you're playing uh, some of these modern video games, uh, which are sort of world building kind of uh, video games where there's there are these sort of condensed spaces where there's a bunch of different kinds of activities that you can do and then there's sort of nodes hubs of activity and then there's sort of spaces in between that are less populated and those are places where you do um, you know you can find a few different things here and there but they're pretty spread out and then there's another node again another hub of activity and that's sort of going back to what I was talking about initially, which is when you have everyone together and then you have some separation. You go all your separate ways and you spread out and then you come back together again and you can bring the discoveries that you had while you were apart, while you were alone doing your own thing. And then you come back together again and you share those stories and you share your findings and whatever you've made on your journey. And so that's a future that I see about our physical space, not just our emotional space, but our physical space of designing these very multicultural, multi-ideological spaces where people can share the best things, the most important things, and sort of come together and bring all those things into the public. And then we can kind of go our separate ways and have these sort of open spaces that we separate out. Um, I don't want to say suburbs or rural area necessarily, because it's not necessarily a physical. Uh, I mean, it is a physical spacing out of things, but it doesn't have to be. <laughs> but, but the idea that we have when we think of suburbs is, is sprawl, suburban sprawl, where all of the houses are right next to each other. And, and then, you know, all the industrial areas and another place and all the malls so it's not that way but separate out more in you know just in physical space so that so that maybe you have a little tiny downtown 
and then everybody's kind of spread out and they, you know, there's maybe a, one industrial space here and then one house there and then one, you know, school over there. And it's just really far, um, kind of, but they're smaller. And then, you know, after you pass through the sort of open-ended spaces, you find another little dense urban area where all of the people are getting together and sharing all of their different things and all of the different spaces in a very open-ended way, because that's natural. That's how we think. That's how we work is we're diverse. We do specialize, but we also need to come back together and we need to unite in some way by learning about one another and sharing our paths. So that may not have been a, a very good picture in your mind, um, but it's food for thought. It's a way of envisioning uh, a f because a lot of people say, oh, do you just want us to go back, you know, into history and live, you know, in a primitive way. And I'm like, no, no, I see the future being far different than the past, but incorporating the best elements of the past, which were, you know, a more natural way of life, a more natural flow to how we designed our spaces and how we used them. And then incorporating the, the future technology, you know, this, the architectural designs, the, you know, the, the vehicular designs we have. I mean, we have electric bicycles and scooters and, and, uh, uh, what do you call the hyperloop thing? You know, we can incorporate all of this stuff in as long as we do it in a natural way that, that makes sense for how we flow. The, the, the segregation, um, only happens in you know, spread out ways. And then when we come back together, um, you know, we need to have a, a diversity of things all sort of crunched together in an open-ended way so that we can all find a good space for whatever we're doing and not feel, you know, forced into some way of life that, that doesn't work for us just because of the literal physical space we're in. Um, so yeah, so a future incorporates the, the best from the past, but also the best from the current, the present time, or the future at that point. <laughs> and, uh, but does it in a way that makes sense and not this artificial weird way that we've created right now. Um, so yeah, so that's, that was my thought. Uh, I wanted to share that with everyone because it, it was a little different than my usual philosophy stuff. Um, because I did actually come from uh, a little bit of an urban planning transportation background that I, I did some work in that for several years and uh, thought I'd bring that into my philosophy. Okay, I'm going to leave you with that. If you have any comments or questions or anything, um, you could always find me. Uh, can use my email as thewiseturtle at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-W-I-S-E-T-U-R-T-L-E -E -E at G-M-A-I-L dot com. You can find me on Reddit as username Turl, T-U-R-I-L. And uh, you can find me in a bunch of other places, too, if you search for Turl Kronberg, T-U-R-I-L. And my last name is Kronberg, C-R-O-N-B-U-R-G. 
I tend to use that as my username at various places. Uh, so you can find me there too. And um, yeah, if you uh, enjoyed this, let me know. If you didn't enjoy it, let me know. Uh, if you just want to listen and lurk, then don't let me know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I wish you... I wish you well in finding spaces to do the things that most excite you and make you feel alive and help the world. Uh, yeah. Okay. Leave you with that. Namaste.